Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world. Here, you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God has created us to be. We're glad you've joined us today. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves to gird up and join us on this road towards Christian manhood. May God bless your time with us. Here we go. Good morning, gentlemen. My name is Trelly Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. Uh, I'm so glad that you're with me. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is uh, your many, many, manyth time, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're joining and pray that uh, this continues to be a blessing to you as you grow in your pursuit of Christian manhood and masculinity. This podcast started because I looked around and realized that I was not the man I wanted to be. I wasn't becoming the man I wanted to be, and I didn't see a lot of examples of true Christian manhood around me. And I said, we ought to do something about this. And that's where this podcast came from. That's where we started. Um, And I hope that that truly is um, the message that we portray and the work that we are doing in the kingdom. I pray that God continues to bless it. I was uh, talking to a couple of my students last night. We had family bowling night uh, for Saloa, so the, we all went bowling, and a bunch of students were there. It was a blast. It was a good time. I got beat um, by a bunch of seven-year-old girls, <laughs> which is always an interesting experience, um, losing to a bunch of little kids, but bowling is not something I do often or ever have done often, so I guess I'm going to give myself a pass on losing to a bunch of little girls, and uh, also my hands are big, but I like you know what? That's just a lame excuse. I, I don't have a good excuse. <laughs> I lost to a bunch of little girls last night. Um, but uh, what, what struck me, uh, what, what I was thinking about, the reason that that relates to this podcast is that they were all wearing Christmas shirts. And I was giving them a hard time saying, isn't it a little early for Christmas? And they said, no, Mr. You, we went and saw Santa Claus today. And I thought, first of all, kudos to mom for beating the rush <laughs> and going to see Santa Claus this time of year instead of waiting until the mall is, is jam-packed on Thanksgiving weekend or, or waiting until the last week of December and having to answer all kinds of questions about how does Santa make the toys on time and all that kind of stuff. And uh, kudos to mom for doing that. But um, it, we were talking about you know being naughty or nice and, and whether they're going to be on a nice list or the naughty list. And I was, I was teasing them a little bit. Uh, you know, are you sure you're going to be on the nice list? And they'll, oh, yeah. I'm going to be on a nice list and all that. And, and, uh, you know, we, we had that conversation and I'm not advocating that we change the way Santa Claus goes about giving out toys. That's not what I'm saying at all. So don't miss the point here. Um, but the, uh, what, what struck me is that, um, kids like our motivation um, for doing good things is to get a present, right? In, in, In that context. So if you're a good boy or a good girl, you get a present. 
Um, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm, like you said, I'm not, I'm not advocating against that. Um, but it struck me as I, was, as I was driving home and thinking about it a little bit is that there are a lot of grown people, there's a lot of adults, um, there's a lot of people in the world who have that same attitude towards their spiritual lives. I do good things and I get rewarded for it. I do bad things and I get punished for it. And that's the way they see the world. That's their view of things. That's their um, modus operandi, if you will, in all spiritual matters. But that is absolutely not the truth of the situation. And it's definitely not the picture painted in Scripture of what our redemption looks like, of what our relationship with our Heavenly Father looks like, um, of the whole. It's just not what, it's not the picture that's painted in Scripture. Of, of the reality of our situation as human beings who are loved by a Heavenly Father um, but are utterly sinful. And so, that's what I want to talk about today. Um, it, it, while I was pondering it, a quote that kept popping into my mind was one I heard on a different podcast. I wish I could remember which one it was, maybe The Outlier's Way. Um, but on a different podcast that I was listening to last week, um, where a man said simply, um, my relationship with God and having a better relationship with God isn't about me trying harder, right? It's not about me trying harder to be what God wants me to be. Um, it's about surrendering completely, um, letting go, abandoning my old man, my old sinful self, and just following Jesus. So it's not about trying harder to do good things. It's about following Jesus better. It's about being more effective in my walk with Jesus. It's about clinging to Jesus for absolutely everything. And I think most of us would agree with that on on first thought, right? And when you first hear it, you're like, yep, that's good. And we move on with our lives. Um, But I want to dive deeper into that um, because my efforts at being righteous are absolutely worthless. Um, My goodness is absolutely nothing. My goodness is not goodness at all. Um, Isaiah 64 verse 6 says that all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Now, that translation is a really nice translation. If you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you've heard me talk about that before. If you've really dug into the scripture or ever studied the languages, you know that that word filthy rags, you know he's talking about menstrual claws. He's essentially talking about used tampons. That's, that's the, best I can, the best I can do on my own. It amounts to used tampons. That, that's as good as I can possibly be on my own. All my righteous acts, everything I do that I think is so good, it's a filthy rag. It's a used tampon in God's sight. That's disgusting. All my righteous acts, all my good deeds are disgusting and perverse in the eyes of my Heavenly Father. And before you dismiss me on that, um, Paul outlines a similar or the same problem um, in, in Romans Chapter 7, starting at verse 14 and continuing on, he says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, this is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Since we were little kids, our entire lives, we've been brainwashed into believing that we have this yin-yang thing going on inside of us, right? This yin-yang picture of ourselves that I, at my very core, am part good and part bad and are all swirling around together. 
um, and that hey, there's a little bit of good and all badness and a little bit of bad and all goodness. This is not true. I, at my core, am dirty and sinful. I am purely and completely wicked. Um, there is no good in me that, that I can manufacture or that I can control. As I stand on my own, I am anything but good. I stand condemned. It is not I who do good. It's not me doing the good. It's the spirit who lives in my heart. It's the spirit of God who lives in me that is doing good. Um, it's not I that produce good works. It's the spirit who makes his dwelling in my heart that does anything good that I do. No, I can't do what's good. Um, no matter how hard I try, I can't do anything good. I am wicked. I am corrupted. I am rotten. I can only do wicked things. I am hopeless. I am in a, I am in a hopeless state. I am absolutely hopeless in my existence by nature. Um, my natural man, my, my old man, if you will, my sinful man, I am hopeless. This is a difficult concept to grasp because a lot of us, uh, whether we realize it or not, we struggle with pride. Pride is a very prevalent thing. It's pervasive. Um, Pride likes to take credit for the Spirit's work. Um, Because I'm utterly and completely rotten, I do things that masquerade as goodness. Um, I do good works that are really actually selfish. Uh, they're really selfish in origin. So um, the good things I'm doing are, you know, to, in air quotes, you know, to make a good impression or to do a good deed or do my good deed for the day um, or even things like to keep the customer um, or even my, my favorite ones like to make Jesus happy or um, because it's the good Christian thing to do. All of these things are inherently self-seeking. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to better my own situation. I'm seeking to make things better for me. I'm seeking to make things better for me. And, and that is a hard thing to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, those are all motivated by self. They are, they are at their core motivated by self. Um, and I'm supposed to die to self. I'm supposed to die completely to self. And I know this is tough and I know this is harsh talk, but true surrender depends on my understanding that I am completely helpless. I play no part in this story. Um, I do no good things. I am not a good Christian. I am not good. I don't choose God. I didn't invite him to come into my heart. I am dead. As Paul said, the law is unspiritual, and I, or I'm sorry, the law is spiritual, and I am unspiritual, and I'm not spiritual. I've been sold as a slave to sin. Good deeds are a fulfillment of the law, and I can't fulfill the law. Um, when Jesus was talking about the law, he said it can be uh, made concise um, by thinking about um, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and your soul. Sorry, with all your mind, soul, and strength. Um, and loving your neighbor as yourself. I can't do that. I cannot fulfill the law. I can't even kind of do it. I can't even touch it. I am utterly sinful and wicked. There is no good that lives within me. And again, I say with Paul, what a wretched man I am. Who will ever rescue me from this body of death? Paul's next statement, of course, is, thanks be to God for through Jesus Christ our Lord. Only a loving God could possibly come and redeem us. Only a loving and benevolent creator could possibly rewrite us. Right? So where do I go from here? <laughs> what happens next now that I realize that I'm utterly completely helpless and hopeless? 
Um, Paul talks in Galatians chapter 4. Um, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out Ab- I'm sorry, the spirit who calls out I'm a father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. The Lord has bought us back. He considers us his children. He has washed us clean in the blood of his son, and we no longer live under the law. The law no longer has any power over us. The law no longer condemns us. The law no longer is a motivator. The law no longer plays a role in our lives. We're not trying to fulfill the law anymore for two reasons. One, it's already been fulfilled in Jesus. And two, I'm never going to be able to do it. It's not my job. It's not my purpose to fulfill the law anymore. So stop trying to do it. We got to realize two things. First, uh, we need to realize that the world and the flesh are working against us. Um, We way too often try to follow the world. Like we let the world dictate and define um, things that only the Lord has the authority to speak to. We should only be letting the Lord define and, and, and outline these things for us, but we, we like to turn back to the wisdom of the world. It's habit. It comes naturally, but it's not right. It's not good. We can't let the world define things that only the Lord has the authority to speak to. And we make decisions based on wisdom and, and, and the norms of the world instead of seeking the truth and pursuing the author of all things. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, um, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Um, Paul, again, the Apostle Paul speaks on this so much. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4, beginning at verse 17, he says, You must no longer live as the world lives. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to engage in every kind of impurity um, with the continual lust for more. We can't depend on the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world isn't correct. It's wrong. It's, it, it's, it's completely built on sin. It doesn't serve us any longer now that we have Jesus. Um, in 1 Corinthians, he says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. The wisdom of God most often stands, every once in a while, it'll stand with the wisdom of the world. But most of the time, almost all the time, if not all the time, it stands in stark contrast to the wisdom of the world. Um, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. And, and let's turn to the Heavenly Father for his wisdom. we got to stop living the way the world lives. Um, and, that, and that includes every part of my life, every phase of life. From the movies I watch, the way I spend my time, my attitude about things, the way I spend my money, the way I think, the way I act, the way I talk, the way I love... All of that is now defined by my Heavenly Father. I no longer depend on the wisdom of the world. Everything changes when I fall in love with Jesus. When Jesus comes into my heart, washes me clean, and changes everything. It's radical change. The second thing we got to consider, though, also, is that the devil and his angels are at work, and they are at war against us. They want to kill us. They want to destroy us. They want to consume us. Um, I am dead, naturally. I am dead to sin, and he wants to keep me that way. He wants to keep me that way. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says that Satan himself masquerades as a servant of light and his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. And that's a warning we need to take seriously. 
It's that picture of a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? It comes to us sneakily. We don't always realize it. It's not even always overt temptation. Sometimes it's just a chipping away over time. Sometimes it's close to what the Lord says. But the devil is a father of lies. Um, And he often comes to us in disguise. He's covert. He's a wily foe, as Luther said. Um, He's skilled at whatever he does. He's very skilled. He's very good at tricking us, at fooling us, at tripping us up. And he's far stronger than any of us is. He's far stronger than I am. Um, At 1 Peter 5, verse 8, um, as you've heard many times, he says, Be self-controlled and alert, because the enemy of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I've got to be discerning. I've got to be discerning, and I've got to follow Christ. I've got to feel the Spirit's leading, and I have to walk the path that the Father has prepared. Um, I have to be very, very careful as a Christian man. I have to be diligent and purposeful and relentless in my pursuit of Him so that I know that I'm actually following my Heavenly Father and not being tricked, not being fooled, not being led astray. Um, Psalm 27 is one of my favorite psalms, and, and, and I love the way David talks about, talks about his Heavenly Father. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I see, the only thing David wants from the Lord, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. It's so simple. I just want to be with my Lord. I just want to walk with the Lord every day of my life. That's all I want. That's all I desire, to walk with the Lord. If I can walk with the Lord and gaze on his face every day, that's all I need. That's all I desire. I need nothing more. My heart says if you seek his face and your Lord, face, Lord, I will seek. There are very, very, very few people who are truly good at listening when we first begin, whether it's whether it's a relationship or or like especially men. We're not good at listening, right? Um, but it's something we can practice over time. We get better at. And the same thing goes for our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Um, our, our, our relationship with the Lord begins at a low, low place, right? And it needs to improve and it needs to grow. Um, and as our relationship with the Lord begins or levels up or, or reignites whatever your situation might be, it takes practice to hear his voice, to hear the voice of the Lord, and it takes work and effort to draw closer to our Heavenly Father. It takes time, it takes effort, just like any relationship does. Um, that's why the Lord calls us to abandon absolutely everything you knew before. And to leave all the things that captured your heart before um, and pursue instead of pursuing the things of this world, pursue the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Be remade new in our Heavenly Father. Die to the world, die to the devil, die to the flesh. Be reborn in Christ. Pursue only Him. Pursue instead the Lord with all your strength. Be remade new and let the Lord be your guide in all things, in every phase of life. Um, and the specifics of that are completely up to you. That's between you and God. Um, what stays and what goes once you find your Heavenly Father, it's up to you and God. Um, hobbies, relationships, commitments, all of that is up to you and God. Everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. So you and the Lord need to spend time together and determine what stays and what goes, what you're going to keep in your life and what needs, to, what needs to leave your life. All those things need to be determined by you and your Heavenly Father together. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Cling to the Lord because only the Lord is is needed. The Lord says he's the one thing needful. Let's cling to him. Let's faithfully follow him. Let's forget this idea that I need to be good, that I need to fulfill the law, that, I, that I'm somehow earning salvation or um, that that um, when I when when I'm 
building up treasures in heaven that it means I've got to do a certain quotia, quotia, uh, whoa, quota that I have to do a certain quota of good works on earth in order to have a place in heaven. That's nonsense. I need to faithfully pursue my heavenly father, let go of all the things of the world, let go of all the wisdom of the world and walk with the Lord the way I should, the way I ought. If I follow the Lord and forget the things of the world, my life's going to be better. I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to find the fruits of the Spirit. Everything's going to be better. Walk with the Lord, gentlemen. Don't try and earn salvation. It's already been given to you. It's a free gift. You can't earn a gift. Go walk in the Lord this week, fellas. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.